To shoot bitches in the face. In this context, bitches is not only referring to women. Tonight, your pukes will sleep with your rifle. They will give your rifle a girl's name. You're married to this piece, this weapon of iron and wood, and you will be faithful. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. It's a 12 gauge double barreled Remington. That's right, this sweet baby was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's got a walnut stock, cobalt blue steel, and a hair trigger. Uh uh. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth, in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But Ian, this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? This is my rifle. There are many like it, but this one is mine. My rifle is my best friend. It is my life. I must master it as I must master my life. Without me, my rifle is useless. Without my rifle, I am useless. I must fire my rifle true. I must shoot straighter than my enemy who is trying to kill me. I must shoot him before he shoots me. I will. My rifle and myself are defenders of my country. We are the masters of our enemy. We are the saviors of my life. So be it, until there is no enemy, but peace. Good, bad, I'm the guy with the gun. The deadliest weapon in the world is a Marine and his rifle. What do you use, weapons-wise? Hmm? Weapons. I'm a, I'm a weapons man. Weapons man? Yeah. <laughs> okay. They tend to settle the argument. So what do you favor? Well, you know, it's a toolbox. I don't care. You put the tools in for the job, that's all. What? Well, you know, I actually favor the old 1911. 45. Old gun. Served my country well. Long time. <laughs> Go ahead. Skin it. 
Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Listen, mister, I'm, I'm getting awful tired of your... What? I'm getting tired of your gas. Now jerk that pistol and go to work. <clears throat> I said throw down, boy. Something or just stand there and bleed. Your rifle is only a tool. It is a hard heart that kills. Are you familiar with the army revolver, Mr. Quigley? Well, sir, I never had much use for one. It's a recent invention of your countryman, Colonel Colt. God created all men. They say Sam Colt made him equal. More or less. Well, I don't know about a god. But, well, it is the great equalizer of sorts. And throughout this discussion we're going to have in this episode of Nine Cents, I believe that is the overarching message that all gun owners or gun enthusiasts carry with them. It is an equalizer. I have four distinguished gentlemen on the show today, and I'm going to be jumping from one discussion to the next throughout the entirety of this episode we're going to start with reverend kevin i slaughter of the church of satan and underworld amusements and well we'll get to the next in line this is nine cents gun discussion i'm your host adam campbell it is a pleasure to have you it is march 10th and i have got a great show for you this week so without any further ado this will run over let's dive right in I'm being joined by Reverend Kevin I. Slaughter, uh, the first of the gentlemen I'm going to be having on the show to discuss uh, gun control, guns in general, uh, and just really just uh, weapons and uh, as it relates to uh, the current efforts by our government to restrict ownership or availability. Uh, the article that I uh, introduced to Kevin here was called Obama on Gun Debate, Rural Voices Need to Be Heard. And this was actually posted on the Huffington Post, January 27 of 2013. So the article itself, um, sort of off mic here, we were saying, you know, it's, it's pretty much fluff. But I think, I think this entire debate is is really just fluff. And so that's why I think this is a perfect article to to give an example. Um, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. <laughs> so first of all, Kevin, how are you? Thank you for joining me. I'm doing well. I'm glad to. Glad to be back on the show, um, Adam, as always. I'm always trying to f find a reason to drag you in here <laughs> until you just stop answering my, my messages. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think you are one of the perfect gentlemen to have on because you actually, in your real life, are uh, involved with guns and, I believe, firing ranges, right? Uh well, I don't, I don't make uh, that big of a deal out of it, but I recently, uh, I guess, outed myself uh, 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 in the new issue of Old Nick, which I have an article in, um, uh, and I, I, I work at a small gun store, and I sell, so I sell guns, uh, and so um, at least four days a week, you know, I have a firearm on my side, and I, you know discuss and and sell firearms um to people in the state of maryland which has pretty restrictive gun laws and uh also in the city of baltimore has a very high crime rate but um yeah 
you know, that's, that's a, <clears throat> that seems like a pretty consistent correlation, strict gun laws and, uh, high crime rates. Well, it's not, it's not purely strict, but, uh, uh, or, or it, it, that correlation doesn't always exist, but, but there's a, right. There's right. a high strong correlation between those two and we can discuss that later. Yeah, and, and I, th I would love to touch on that in just a second here because this article itself is talking about how President Obama wants to um, have uh, really just representatives and media to reach out to uh, rural families because I guess in an effort to get them to respond in his favor, uh, meaning uh, tighter gun restrictions, um, on, on certain classifications of weapons and uh, to urge their congressmen to back his, his position. I, I believe that's what it's centered around. Yes. Well, I, I, I'll say this. If, if uh, George Bush doesn't care about black people, uh, Obama certainly doesn't care about rural people. <laughs> and uh, it's just, I mean, that's, you know, of course he wants, of course he wants rural folk to reach out and support his bill. He wants everybody to support his, his, mm -hmm. his politics. Um, and here specifically Diane Feinstein's assault weapons bill, which is the federal, um, uh, legislation. I mean, it's, it's, it's bullshit again. I mean, you know, this is, I think you had sent me, uh, two articles to kind of look over and choose from. And, um, I decided to pick this one, uh, this, Rural voices need to be heard. It was like a Reuters uh, report that they picked mm -hmm. up. And there was one paragraph in particular that really stuck in my craw. And I'll read that here. It's uh, gun ownership rights are enshrined in the U.S. Constitution and past efforts to restrict gun ownership have been blocked by gun owners, the National Rifle Association and their supporters in Congress. Uh, two points I want to make about that. One is it's fucking wrong uh there have been lots there, there we had an assault weapons bill yeah assault weapons and high capacity magazines were banned for many years uh, i think it was like a decade uh, yes and um and we can talk about whether that worked or not and, and I, I i want to uh at least mention it later um and two uh let me see this is the past efforts to restrict gun ownership have been blocked by gun owners, the National Rifle Association, and their supporters in Congress. I, I, am I mistaken, or did they just say the reason why ostensibly there have not been gun restrictions in the past, which is a lie, is because of uh, representative democracy? <laughs> I think they did. I think, yeah, I think, I, I think they did that the problem. That's not how this country works. The problem with this goddamn country is this representative democracy. We could just get past this and maybe have one man, you know, King Obami, who dictates to us what the law is. It would be Pappy Obami, let's we'll be fair. All, you know, everything will be better. And then the proletariat shall, you know, win, whatever. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> conspiracy theories i'm not implying that you know anything that doesn't exist but literally that's what this this thing says is um, yeah, yeah. Uh, representative democracy has stopped past efforts so i i don't know if they consider that to be a bad thing or not but um but that's it well and also i mean to sort of you know take a, a little bit more of a step back here 
I doubt that. I mean, I would be surprised if that's what they were really meaning. I mean, that's the way it's worded, but they probably are thinking a little bit conspiratorial on their end as well. You know, meaning that um, it's not the majority that's fighting it and it's it's just louder voices. And so, you know, and more greasing of palms. I, I think that's what they're sort of suggesting. At least that's, you know, that's the way I see it, rather than saying, if we could just get rid of democracy, we would be able to <laughs> get rid of these damn no, guns. You know, I, I don't think this statement implies that, that we should necessarily be getting rid of demo, uh, uh, representative democracy, but it does, it, it does certainly imply that the problem, you know, that, that it hasn't happened because yeah. of representative democracy. I don't think, I don't think that the writer actually understands that that's what they're saying, though, is, is the thing. I don't think they, because people who are biased towards, you know, one point or another, myself included, I mean, we all, we all, you know, work off of our own biases or, or, or whatever prejudices. Yeah. And, um, you don't really fully realize when you're just speaking out of your ass all the time, because you're, we generally surround ourselves with, uh, with, with people who, you know, tend to agree with us or whatever. And, and and people have a difficult time and, and and part of the biggest problem is that so many of the key players that are speaking are either a deeply ignorant about what they're talking about or b maliciously lying and and that kind of segues if you don't mind into uh I watched the C-SPAN uh, recording of the One of two people. <laughs> yeah, Senate Judiciary Committee on Dianne Feinstein's assault weapons bill today. I know this won't, you know, come out for a little bit, but this is, I mean, I, I imagine the gun debate will still be raging and this is heating. <laughs> um, and uh, in Dianne Feinstein's initial statements opening up this uh, um, uh, committee meeting, um, she she explicitly stated that full auto weapons have been banned for decades that machine guns have been banned for decades yeah. and this is patently false um the machine guns and silencers and destructive devices are 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 legislated they're restricted uh but that restriction is you have to pay a transfer tax of $200 uh, yearly for a machine gun, you have to pay $10 a year to keep this, uh, uh, tax valid, this tax valid or whatever. You gotta, you gotta re up every year for 10 bucks to own a machine gun. In no way is that any sort of a ban. It is a restriction, but it's not a ban. So I can, I have to assume that Diana Feinstein is one of two things, as I said, deeply ignorant or intentionally lying. And when you, make such patently false statements that are so easily disproven, you know, I, I, I'm going to assume that pretty much everything else you're going to say is highly suspect yeah. on a given topic. Um, well, maybe by way of clarification, she's probably referencing the National Firearms Act of 1934, which was supposed to have restricted ownership of automatic weapons, short-barreled shotguns, and hand mm -hmm. grenades and other powerful arms. So, yeah, I guess I guess the classifications are going to vary, but that's probably what she's drawing from. Yeah, no, um, no, I'm sure, I'm sure that's like what that. she's. I mean, that I mean, Diane Einstein has been in 
the the she's she's she, yeah, she was she, the initial yeah she's there, right? been attempting to outlaw large swaths of firearms in this country for 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 decades now mm-hmm. so i mean she explicitly and and has that many times not just today she has explicitly used the the phrase banned and unless there's some, you know honestly honestly adam i have not looked up uh in the dictionary the the acceptable usage of the word banned but uh I, i'm thinking that <laughs> lightly restricted is not one of those usages yeah, uh, yeah. It pretty much banned means you can't get it it's illegal you're not allowed under any circumstances yeah and i think that would be our understanding of what banned means for sure um yeah i unfortunately i'm not entirely convinced people who write legislation use common terms correctly because you know when they when they reference ban they're actually in my in as i can see it just referencing heavy regulation meaning it, yeah. it it's just a heavier regulation rather than just i could just go up and buy it you know so i don't right. and so that's you know, one of the big problems of this entire debate is in language which you would think would be not an issue at all um, right well yeah but like it obviously very... comes up constantly so, I mean, can we take a little bit of a, an overview here and, and just say this? Yeah. This entire debate has been raging in America for a long time, but it, it's sort of been reawakened lately because of uh, recent mass uh, mass murders, which I guess by the FBI is anything over four killings at one location. So it's kind of a loose, broad term. Again, mass sure. murder, you think of you know tens or hundreds of people, but um, like isn't the Holocaust mass murder? And so when you reference like, a school or a a theater it kind of pales in comparison on the mass scale sure sure but sort of you know that, that's what brought it out again yeah 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 and and what's funny is i've seen so many and of course you get all kinds of conspiracy uh nut jobs coming out and um either way and um it's you know one of the one of the kind of standard things is hitler banned guns hitler banned guns and as as oh, if yeah, this yeah. were you know the precursor to um america becoming a new nazi germany or whatever and and i to say that's hyperbolic is is to put it mildly but one of the actual defenses against that i've seen from people who were pro gun control was to clarify that hitler did not ban guns after all it was there was just they were just highly restricted and only jews couldn't own guns so you know that's not that's not a really good counter argument <laughs> to say that well hitler didn't ban guns altogether it was just jews that couldn't own them <laughs> oh okay. well that's okay then we all understand sure. <laughs> yeah. great counter argument yeah Jack. well okay i mean because you're a gun owner um i mean i don't want specifics but you own more than one gun yes um and and you earlier said that you worked um with guns i mean do you think and and really the whole premise of this debate revolves around the idea that by restricting one classification of of weapon and large capacity rounds and adding a national registry and forcing background checks that that would reduce the the gun violence the mass murders 
right. as it were. I mean, apparently we're just not concerned at all about the individual shots, which I personally don't. No, have no, it's for the good either, of. But... The good of the people, you know, for the collective good, this bullshit idea that that it, it's, you know, it, well, this is kind of the the uh, whole Christian, uh, Christian and, and, and Marxist collectivist good idea that that um, uh, it's it, and, and really that's what this boils down to, to borrow Thomas Sowell's phrase, it's a conflict of, of vision. And uh, one is the, the vision, which is shared by um, many on right, the right and the left, uh, the Christians and, you know, socialists or whatever, the idea of the collect that the collective good mm -hmm. trumps the individual. Um, and this is and that and that's what a lot of this debate is about, collective good versus individual liberty. I not surprisingly, probably to you or anybody listening, uh, believe that the the in individual liberty trumps any 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 group, uh, any good for the group. Um, that there is no there's no rights for the group. That that rights are only something that come down to to the individual. Um, now, I mean, we can discuss. I don't. I, I don't care to get sidelined into a discussion about about rat rights and natural rights and, right, right. and and you know whatever we can have a great discussion about that but you know if we limit it to you know we live in America this is the basis you know the basis for um, the basis for our argument for owning guns is the Second Amendment right. um, you know we don't we don't have to have a federalist anti-federalist or existential nihilistic discussion about what rights are yeah. but, but this you know the second amendment you know, quite simply reads um that uh the well-regulated militia being necessary to security of a free state comma the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed and i read two clauses there the first clause is that there is a well-regulated militia that is necessary to the security of the free state. And the second one is there is a right of the people to keep and bear arms and neither of those two shall be infringed. Um, you know, either way, if the second, if the second statement is defining the first, it works. Or if they are two separate clauses, they both work to my definition as what an individual has a right to keep and bear arms. Uh, if they are, you know, a citizen of the United States. Yeah. I perfectly, uh, I can accept that felons on, in some way uh, give up their, um, give up some fundamental constitutional protections. Um, yes, there are arguments to be made that uh, there are some ridiculous laws on the books and some people um, get, you know, but that's a, that's a, that's a legal issue outside the realm of this kind yeah. of discussion. Well, I mean, even Scalia was reported as, as stating that every right in our Constitution is not without uh, review of restriction. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, but so the idea that because it's um, written, and again, it goes back to language, because it's the way it's written, um, does not imply that no matter what, there could be no, because there's restrictions on, on just the freedom of speech. Freedom of speech, yeah. So, you know, when you look at the, the, the history of our country, we have always sort of, a, you know, a, just pulled a, you know, pulled a face a little bit whenever dealing with it when it's not in our favor. But I, I would really like to get some of these proposed um, 
solutions uh, through your lens. I would like to get your take on them if we could. So yeah. do you think um, that the restriction of assault weapons, and essentially that is meaning um, semi-automatic weapons, Right, which would is not result... really an assault weapon, but, you know, right. again... Right, so do you think that that would result in, in uh, lower... And I, I have to just narrow it to mass murders because right. Right. we're not talking about well, anything else. At well, you know, I, I mentioned earlier the uh, Judiciary Committee today, um, and and I really... There were some absolutely absurd things said there, as, as, as can be expected. Um one of them, uh, Milwaukee Police Chief Edward Flynn, uh, was very emphatic when he said, uh, and, and I wrote this down because I don't want to misquote, I don't want to misquote him. He says, we know that the victims and suspects in homicides in Milwaukee are typically career criminals. 97% of our suspects and 82% of our victims have criminal histories. Furthermore, our experience that the vast majority of our home invasion victims are drug dealers. And then he went on to say they do not need semi-automatic rifles to protect themselves. But I can't see as that an argument working in his favor, because what that tells me is, is A, there's a serious recidivism problem that Milwaukee is not <laughs> dealing with. And B, since nobody with a felony conviction can legally buy firearms, yeah. a ban on legal sales would have negligible effect on the vast majority of crime in his own city. You literally, he literally just made the case that these restrictions will, will by and large, have absolutely no effect at all. So and again, yeah, these are just automatic weapons. You know, the yeah, slang term automatic. I mean, how many of those crimes that he's stating were actually used with semi-automatic right. or whatever? Exactly. Weapons? I mean, he was just talking about all crimes, all 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 suspects and homicides, all victims, not not just limited to the rifles. Um, and 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 I really, um. I really appreciated, uh, it was Texas Senator Cruz. I think he's a new guy, a Tea Party candidate. Um, he was really excellent in the hearing and he spoke to, uh, John Walsh, um, uh, who was one of the, one of the first witnesses in there. And, and, uh, Cruz cited three different studies by, uh, the Department of Justice that conclude that, uh, during the last assault weapons ban, all three can, all three, uh, Department of Justice studies concluded that the ban produced no discernible reduction in gun violence. And then he asked uh, quite pointedly to uh, Walsh, are, are you aware of any compelling empirical data to the contrary? Which, I mean, I love, I love that language. Yeah. That is straightforward. Is there any empirical, compelling empirical data to the contrary? And, and in short, Walsh's answer was no. Um, what was really entertaining is, uh, the next, uh, one of the next, um, senators was talk was, was Al Franken <laughs> and, um, comedian. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the mediocre comedian, uh, and he set up 
And and Alfreyken set up a number of straw men in order just to strike them down, which is you I know, hate that. strong man's game, you know. But but here is a literal statement, and this this took me a little while to transcribe perfectly. And and Alfreyken was trying to kind of rebut Senator Cruz with this statement, where he says, "Because you can't prove that something is statistically valid, that doesn't prove it didn't happen." And in fact. Uh, unless you cherry pick sentences from this, you you can cherry pick others. So an honest reading isn't that this proved that this wasn't didn't have efficacy. It didn't prove that at all. Now, if you can make any sense, yeah, there's a lot of out of that statement. What what sense I make out of that is Senator Franken is basically saying uh, that you know there was a. A, if there's a study that sh says there is no proof that unicorns exist, then that doesn't mean unicorns don't exist. Well, that's true. That is absolutely true. Studies, a study showing that there's no proof of, of unicorns does not prove they don't exist, but that doesn't answer the question do you have proof that unicorns exist? So I'd love yeah. Alfred to show me a fucking unicorn. Show <laughs> the evidence. You can't handle the unicorn. Right? You know, <laughs> show me the evidence that uh, the assault weapons ban had any kind of significant. I mean, yeah. if you want to, if you want to talk about the public good, then that's fine. Let's balance. Yeah, if but that, you I don't show me the, the, if you, if you can show me that it had a, a significant effect to in order to justify restricting the liberty yeah. of millions and millions of Americans, then make that case. But he doesn't have it. That, well, and yeah, and actually that study that you're referencing, um, uh, because of the assault weapons ban, it came back as being inconclusive largely because they didn't have enough data. Um, yeah. You know, anecdotally, based off of what they had, and altogether, I believe it was like a year's worth of data, was that no, it it, it reduced the amount of assault weapons used in crime, but sure. it increased the, um, the amount of large uh, round, or I'm sorry, large capacity weapons, you know, four rounds. So mm -hmm. basically, if you can't if you can't fire six bullets with a couple pulls of the trigger, then you're going to fire six with six pulls of the trigger. And so, yeah. the people committing the crimes still committed the crime; they just did it in a different way. And yeah. so that's why you know, it, yes, it would take automatic or assault weapons, as they're terming it, um, off of the streets. Of course, it would. In that case, but that doesn't make it safer. Right. Um, Unless you just see the act of getting them off the street as being safer, but it, as you being know, like people are still being killed. Good and, thing to do, yeah, and then and, so and, not... and certainly they do, and certainly these people see just restricting, you know, and banning assault weapons as being by itself some sort of magical act of goodness, because I believe that many of these people view these things in 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 a religious kind of a framework i mean they may be you know discussing secular topics but certainly they're treating guns and thumb and thumbhole stocks as these like demonic 
de- not oh, demonically possessed things. I mean, the the way. Okay, okay yeah. Since you since you mentioned uh, uh, you know different aspects about guns, fine science always talking about thumbhole stocks as a workaround or whatever. It's so ridiculous. One of the things that that Feinstein uh, targets targeted in this in this debate today was that um, uh, is, is the idea of armed guards in public schools. As you know, as your listeners probably know, the yeah. um, uh, the the NRA said, well, "Let's put armed guards in schools." Well, I, I tell you what, I live in Baltimore, and there has been a Baltimore public school police force, a dedicated and independent police force. With full arrest powers, these are real cops. Uh, they have an entire department just dedicated to their public schools. So, you know, the idea of introducing, you know, policemen into schools is certainly not novel, and it's certainly not new because this has been around, I think, since the seventies. Yeah, I'm um, all grown up. Yeah, uh, in Utah you know, we had them, <laughs> and 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 her own bill includes uh, provisions for local school systems to get money to hire police officers. So the idea that she's she's kind of targeting them, if you'll excuse the, the terminology, is, is a little ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but she, you know, she questions, well, would armed guards uh, have stopped Columbine or whatever? And there were armed guards. And and uh, um, both both of her witnesses endorsed armed guards with with certain qualifications that armed guards alone aren't sufficient to stop a columbine like tragedy right. like no duh i mean it's it's like pretending that if seat belts and bumpers on a car aren't sufficient to save a life in a catastrophic car crash then then why do we even have seat belts and bumpers on cars you know they they didn't stop they if they don't stop one person from dying they're not worth having at all which is absolutely <laughs> fucking absurd argument to make if it can save absolutely one life okay get rid of pool everybody needs to live in a fucking bubble then but then again yeah. a bubble is going to kill somebody but it's supposed to be- <laughs> kill somebody and you can't even swallow it but you know that that argument that <clears throat> of course she's not going to agree with that that premise of adding she's trying to get rid of guns so yeah. why would, you know, she would never see, even if it was the most logical thing, she would never consent to it because it's going in the exact opposite direction she wants. Okay, so let me ask you about the um, large capacity uh, clips, I guess mm-hmm. I will say. Yeah, 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 well, they, yeah, they keep referring to uh, large, yeah, high capacity clips. And, and I just, I understand that uh, a lot of people who aren't familiar with guns um, are going to be ignorant of the ignorant of a lot of the terminology, uh, and I can I can understand and respect. I'm ignorant about most everything that exists in the world. Ignorant just means you don't know. Yeah. Uh, stupid is completely different. Diane Feinstein is acting stupid about a lot of things uh, today. Uh, um, uh, okay, so uh, to 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 cut to the chase here, you know, a clip is is a little strip of metal. That you attach to the back of the bullets, and generally you lose use those to load a magazine. Clip and magazine are not interchangeable terms; they're two very separate things. A clip you would load a magazine with, so a magazine completely surrounds the bullets, and that's what feed and the magazine feeds the bullets into the gun. So, and uh, I do believe that it was high capacity magazine. That was probably my uh, my misuse of the word. Uh-huh. 
which is which is you know it happens it's kind of it because so many people have misused it it's kind of become interchangeable in in a lot of the dialogue but it's if you misuse the term you're just use misusing it um you know on your podcast hmm. if diane feinstein misuses the term <laughs> it's making law that restricts my liberties so you know there's you know today today uh al franken specifically made reference to a hundred round clip uh and 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 it's just it's just you know if you're if you know the terminology which if you're going to speak on if you're going to speak authoritatively and with such gravity and and anytime you're talking about passing laws to restrict these there you should be speaking with some some level of gravity but they don't, i mean they not that they do but <clears throat> so i mean um, back to the question do you so, think so, that so, it yeah, would you know um a lot of these a lot of this comes down to um do you need, you know, I guess I can kind of lump the high capacity magazine uh, issue into a number of other things. I think a lot of the arguments that they make are absolutely correct. If there are, if, if, if I decide to go out and uh, kill a bunch of people um, and I cannot access a uh, super awesome rifle with a super huge ca magazine capacity or whatever, then, you know, I'm going to have inferior tools to do this job or, you know, tools that, 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 that don't function at, at a level that they could that otherwise. And that's, that's absolutely true. I, I, um, honestly, I just recently purchased a 75 round drum for my AK 47 and I bought it knowing that in my life, I will probably actually use it two, maybe three times out at a range just to yeah. just to use it. And that the main reason why I bought it is because they don't want me to have it. <laughs> that's it. That's really it. And I, I was okay with that. I mean, that's not the most rational reason to buy something, but I'm kind of the guy that's I've always had the kind of attitude when you say you can't do that. I say, fuck you. And, uh, and then, and then that <laughs> do it as long as it's in, you know, my best interest. Now I got an awesome 75 round drum mag that I can take out and have fun with once or twice, but then put it away because it's too goddamn expensive. Um, so, well, and, I mean, there is the, this assumption that's going on too, right? I mean, it's, it's that if you own an automatic weapon, you yeah. will use it to kill people. Well, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's, that's just, there's, there's. Uh, again, and that, that's going back to they're viewing this, they're viewing these things as being magically possessed. They're that, that, that these weapons are possessed with demons that will make people do bad things. Uh, and I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a, a little leap here and, and say you, you and I are probably in agreement that guns are not possessed by demons who make you do. <laughs> um, right, these right, right. are, they're actually, these features like high capacity magazines and um uh uh barrel shrouds is one of the features one of these military features that they include and uh, i guess going back to um I, I, barrel shroud is a safety device 
Um, and and it's it's one of these targets, along with high capacity magazines of Diane Feinstein's bill. It's referred to as a military feature, and and the so the bill itself specifically recognized that a barrel shroud protects the user of the gun from burning themselves on a hot barrel. That's the that's its job. Mm-hmm. Stop you from getting hurt, burning yourself on a hot barrel. And barrels get hot when you shoot a gun. Oh yeah. So. I guess to go back to my previous me- me- uh, 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 metaphor, it's it's again it's like it's like uh, it's like arguing that seatbelts and bumpers make cars more likely to be used to harm other people. Because <laughs> you're not gonna fly, <laughs> you know. It's sort of like and uh, you know, well, this is a you know, safety feature makes it makes it easier to run you know a lot more rounds through it because. You're less likely to injure yourself using it. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it makes it inherently it, it makes it makes a machine inherently safer, right. and so you're wanting to outlaw that. Where, where else would we apply this logic? <laughs> nowhere. No, absolutely nowhere. <laughs> like uh, silencers. Silencers have this mystique of being assassins' tools. Right. Right. And they're safety devices. It's a fucking muffler. It's literally, I mean, it, uh, the, making this argument kind of sucks because it kind of takes some of the mystique out, and that's really cool, and I'm buying a silencer right now, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a muffler for your gun. It's mm-hmm. more of, I'm not an assassin. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> I do know. Assassin. <laughs> I'm not a, a, a Mossad killer for hire that uh, shoots ahead with silence 22, nor do I, I plan on being because I don't want to go to Israel. But, um, you know, guns are loud. You have to wear, you have to have hearing protection yeah. or you injure yourself. Well, hearing protection can be either put directly on your head or you can purchase a device to go on the tool itself on the machine to quiet the machine it's like outlawing a muffler on cars and saying well you know what's wrong with just wearing you know e- you know uh, uh, uh plugs in your ears so so the sound of the engine doesn't hurt hurt harm you yeah well there's lots of reasons you know it's it's absolutely certain again it's another safety device and and um you know, silencers perfectly legal to own. If you can own a, if you can own a pistol, you can own a silencer. There's a two hundred dollar tax stamp, and because there are because the government puts so few people uh, working on the job, right now it it takes about six months to uh, to get your paperwork approved by the feds. Well. Well, let, let me ask you something here. Uh, we're going to need to wrap it up, but sure. Um, what do you think, uh, with your experience, would solve the primary question that they're trying to get at, and that's to reduce mass murders in our country? Um, reinstate the death penalty in all fifty states. Uh, Lower the requirements for getting the death penalty. Um, keep longer print, 
longer prison sentences. I think believe longer prison sentence. Uh, there is a high correlation between uh, longer prison sentences and a reduction in crime. Is there causation there? Maybe, maybe not. I say probably. Certainly, they say the death penalty is not effective. But if you show me one person who has suffered through the death penalty and then committed a crime, I will turn <laughs> and a, the death is the ultimate effective deterrent to future crime. It may not deter other people from committing crimes, but it will stop. It's, 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 it's 100% recidivism proof. And if to go, and if you go back to uh, this Milwaukee ch police chief, and you listen to his statistics that 97% of their suspects and 82% of their victims have criminal histories. And that tells you that if you want to get rid of crime, you need to do something a lot more than what you're doing right now to get rid of criminals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for your time. I, I truly uh, appreciate and respect your opinion here, man. Um, thank I, I, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Anytime. Anytime. I, you know, I only dodge one out of two of your emails. So. <laughs> right on. You're after us. You know, we're still in here at terrortransmission.com. You're after the place. You don't know why. You just remember. Remember that you want to be in here. Remember that you want the greatest horror commentary podcast ever. What the hell are they? They're us, that's all. When there's no more room in hell. What? Something my granddad used to tell me. You knew Mukumba? Hmm. Voodoo. My granddad was a priest in Falcon Crest. He used to tell me, when there's no more room in horror podcast hell, the fiends walk to us. TerrorTransmission.com I'm now being joined by Jack Donovan. If you'll remember, I had him on the show and we talked about his new novel at the time, The Way of Men. Uh, now, this was an amazing conversation we had, at least in my opinion, I had a lot of fun and some great topics were brought up. And now that we're sort of as a, a, a nation talking about gun and gun ownership and gun violence, I thought, who better to ask the, the questions that are being addressed than the manliness man himself, Jack Donovan. So thank you so much for joining me, Jack. Uh, thanks for having me on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I wanted to have you on to kind of get your perspective of things. Um, we often in the media are getting uh, sort of extreme sides. And though I think, you know, the majority helps form their opinion based on the media attention given, it's not always in line. And so I'm kind of curious on where you land on these, on, on these issues here. So, okay. um, first, let me ask a little, you know, some personal questions here. Do you, in fact, own a gun? I do. And uh, I guess the next follow-up would be how, I mean, do you own multiples? I don't need specifics. That's a good way to, to, to put it, yeah, at this, at this day and age. Uh, yeah, I, I, I own more than one gun. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, and then, the, I guess, if you can remember, I mean, were you raised around guns? Is, is it, what, what attracts you to owning a weapon? Uh, absolutely not. I, I mean, I think my dad had a hunting rifle, but I think he was pretty much done by his with his uh, hunting career uh, long before I was ready to start. Uh, so no, I wasn't raised around guns, and uh, 
it took me a while, and you know, I still am a little jumpy, actually, because you know, if you're not raised around them, that you know, you have all this imagery from the from the media and from movies and everything, and yeah. I think it takes a little bit of a little while to get used to them. Um, but uh, it, it just felt like something that uh, I needed to have. And uh, also, you know, it, obviously in the exploration of manliness and, and my subject matter that I deal with, it felt like something I should understand. And then, uh, you know, later it became kind of a, a philosophically important thing. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess it, it comes down to, for you, protection then? No. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, that's, that's a nice thing to think about. Uh, I mean, uh, protection is important. Right. Um, but I mean, there, there are bigger reasons to, to own a gun, I think, than, uh, protection. I think protection is the, is, is a nice way to make it sound okay for a lot of oh, people who are uncomfortable with it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, protection is, I mean, in the big picture, one thing that I don't hear anyone talking about in the media is everyone thinks that we're going to have some social collapse and yet they want to be disarmed as if we're not going to have a social collapse. So there's a big, a big disconnect there, and I don't think anyone's really talked about it or written about it. Yeah. You know, it's like, it, okay, if the world's coming to an end, and you're all fretting about it, and you're all prepping, you know, and not even the people who are prepping, but even, you know, the people who are watching disaster porn and, and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, everybody thinks that, you know, oh my god, the stock market could crash tomorrow. Well, if it does, why would you want gangs to be the only people who have guns? Yeah. That, <laughs> You know, and and it's certainly, I mean, a perspective that would, in my opinion, be obvious to you because you really, um, I mean, obviously, the way of men was about tribalism and and uh, society and, and and the growth of manliness and and maybe even the downfall of it. So you know, you I think would have a a, a clearer perspective on that issue than the common person who's just getting bombarded by ideas of either disarmament as peace, as if violence would just go away if if guns weren't in the picture anymore and or um you know we have to have as many guns as possible because there is this imminent collapse that will happen and and so you know it's it's really neither of those super extremes but it, it it's nice to to hear it in that way um if there is a collapse you absolutely want to be able to protect you on your own i mean and and i guess maybe if i could just go off on a small tangent here I mean, you know, we just had an asteroid explode over Russia recently. You know, what if that was, uh, I don't know, a couple thousand feet larger? Then that would have been this catastrophic event that no one saw coming, that just happened out of nowhere, that would have required a little bit of self-protection, right? Right, absolutely. So what do you think this national dialogue is really about? Because no one thinks that violence will go away. And in fact... That's not even really on the table. So, what do you think is behind the the re, um, I guess, reban or or the the bringing back of the assault rifle ban? Well, they saw an opening and they took it. Uh, I mean, it's it, it's the same people who have always wanted uh, to ban guns. It's not any anybody new. I mean, they they saw a big shift because like a lot of babies got killed. Yeah. But I mean, really, that 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 desire to do that has always been there, and they were just waiting for the political will and the power to do it. And the reason it's there, I think, is because you're looking at urban wealthy elites who want to disarm as much of the population as they possibly can. And that's, I mean, if you look at people who are 
I actually caught a, an update from Magpul uh, recently that uh, Michael, Bloomer, Michael Bloomberg, uh, the mayor of New York, was pumping tons of money into campaigns everywhere uh, in these because Michael Bloomberg's worth $25 billion. Really? Jeez. Yeah. He will never, ever, ever not be surrounded by armed guards yeah. if he wants to be. And so – it's really about disarming the rest of the population. And it, it's if when you talk about like wealthy elites taking power away from people and giving it to themselves, it's such a dramatic example of them doing that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly sure that uh, I get I always get what's her face mixed up. Feinstein. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm fairly sure that she's she, she'll never uh, be hungry again. Uh, you know, she, yeah, absolutely. She, She's a wealthy, wealthy woman as well. And so when you look at these people, but, you know, her, her district is, is right next to Oakland, which is a time bomb. I mean, uh, Oakland, it, it, that's the worst reason to live in San Francisco. You know, that's the best reason not to live in San Francisco. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, it's right across the river and, you know, anything bad happens and you just got mobs of angry criminals that are just yeah. coming across to, to kill everyone and and so i mean and just loot the city and you know the same thing with la i mean the haves are so close to the have-nots and that's one of these things with these big uh, big city liberals is that they, they they realize that and you can't talk about certain things that aren't politically correct in their worldview yeah. but you can sit there and be like oh well we're really wealthy we don't really think tactically we don't really understand guns we don't really understand people who want guns, but we understand that there's this large mass of, say, youths who are armed, mm -hmm. and we need to get as many, basically like a, you know, like a, a Michael Bloomberg, he's sitting in the middle of New York, which could also become a, a problem. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, the thing is, what frustrates people like that is that they can ban as, you know, like, Firearms are all, all but illegal in New York City and, and some big cities like that. They've put very tough restrictions on them. But as long as they're illegal in the rest of America, they come in through an underground pipeline. Yeah. So if we can – they want to get just as many away from people as possible and make it harder to get and make the penalties higher. And so that it's – you know, it's traffic and in arms that happens just happens less. Wow. So, I mean I think that's what's really happening. I don't think it's really about – you know, the average person's safety. I don't really think that they care. Yeah. Well, do you think, um, and this may be redundant, but I want to kind of push an idea here after I ask it. Uh, do you think that all U.S. citizens are protected under the Constitution um, in that they can own as many types of whatever type of gun that they want? Well, you know, it's obviously there are limitations on guns now. Yes. Uh, I mean, I mean, I can't own a machine gun, uh, a proper machine gun. Right. <laughs> you know, right, right, but yeah. uh, you can take, you can modify some things and make one. But uh, you really can't own a machine gun. You can't uh, own west weapons of mass destruction. Right. So there are there already are limits on it. Uh, at this point, just because of the way I see the, our society going, myself, I I'm kind of zero tolerance to any new limits. Uh, as far as what I'd like to see in because I, I just think that puts everybody, everything I'd like to save at a disadvantage. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, as far as, you know, 
manliness and, and all that kind of thing. So I don't really think that there's room for anything. But as far as what the Constitution says, you know, it, it doesn't really, you know, I, I don't think it's that specific you know, yeah. as to what what uh, that'll allow. I mean, that's up to interpretation to a certain extent. But Yeah, and I think, I mean, I was just talking to Kevin I. Slaughter about this and that language seems to be a, a huge barrier and, and understanding of the language being used seems to be a huge barrier uh, as to what restrictions should be in place. And I mean, just the idea, just the way it was framed in uh, the amendment was a little bit challenging for people to discern, you know, whether that comma meant um, it included individual rights or that it discluded individual rights. So right. uh, interpretation, it means everything. So do you think that every U.S. citizen should have a right to voice their opinion in this national debate, do you think? Do you think everyone should just be able to just chime in? Well, I mean, I, I mean, they are. I mean, <laughs> I guess so. I mean, uh, why not? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, I think people in prison are, are exempted from that anyway. But yeah. uh, um, you know, that's you know, it, it's it just has to do with you're looking at. Society as it is, or society as we think it should be, right. you know, you yeah. know, uh, is so. Uh, you know, if, if we're talking about this great society that we want to keep together, or personally, I'm looking at this ways we can make it fall apart. So <laughs> that that's two different perspectives. So my perspectives are always to say, like, well, three steps down the road, where do we want to be? What do we want to have happen? And not let's see how we can pervert, preserve this uh, perfect union. Yeah. You know, so nice. yeah, because this more perfect union is getting less perfect. All of it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, mean I, I mean, it's 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 something. I, I, there's a uh, kind of a left wing, actually, like sociology book uh, um, that I, I was interested in, just because of the terminology of the iron cage of uh, bureaucracy. That the longer you it, it, more and more and more and more laws, more and more and more regulations, and you really can't have freedom. Within, you know, so you, there has to be a happy medium of, of laws, I think. And I think we're way past that threshold. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're really kind of all criminals if the government decides that we are. You know, it's, it's one of those things. It's like a lot of us could be prosecuted for anything. And I'm not talking about like grievous crimes. We're not sitting around like murdering each other in our own houses. But, uh, you know, a lot of us, that there's just enough laws out there that, You've probably broken one. Right, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, you yeah. know, just people with what they have on their computers, you know? The government could put them in jail for the rest of their lives. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, I mean, in your opinion, um, and and maybe this is just uh, rhetorical because of what we were just discussing, but given the framework that we're working in now, do you think that there are any common sense measures, and, and obviously that's up to interpretation as well, um, that would address the problem that is supposed to um, uh, be being addressed by the existing proposals. Uh, meaning, do you think there's a way to draw down gun violence, and what do you think would would help it? Well, the only thing, the only kind of gun violence anyone really seems to be concerned about is is a uh, crazy little white guys who go nuts, you know, and, 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 and you know, like decide to shoot everybody because mommy doesn't love them or whatever. But, uh, I mean that, that you can't really fix, 
You know, you can't, yeah. you can't, I mean, it's actually shocking to me that people don't break down more often. I mean, we have 300 million people. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> try, try and put them in a stadium mentally. You know, that's crazy. And it's the crazy amount of people. Like, I mean, I see people ready to break all the time. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, well, I can't, you know, like, how does it not happen? It's pretty amazing that, that we're, things are as civil as they are. But, uh, you know, it's, you know, as far as for common sense measures, to keep that from happening, not really. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, I, I, I think they're doing pretty well, uh, given the circumstances. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I could I could take a political bent on it and say, you know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with some needs of men that are not being addressed and no real outlet for them. But I, honestly, I don't even think anything you could do to our society would stop that many people. You know, when you have that many people, I don't think anything would stop a few of them from freaking out. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the the proposals that are on the table now, I want to kind of get your take on. Um, And really, the the greater conversation is supposed to be wrapped around the idea of gun violence, but they're only talking about the isolated mass murders of recent. So that's why i think that they're focusing solely on the assault weapons ban and then maybe in the future they'll try to you know add other things but what do you think about the national registry like it's terrible every gun owner would have to be no. a part of this what no. do you think would be uh, uh, the downside to that enemies of the state enemies of the state immediately that's right. uh, that's that's the, that's what that's about i mean uh that's just another way for the people to keep tabs on who has what and when and another reason to, to be able to go in and fuck with them. And, uh, again, if you, if you think the state is fantastic and it should, it should survive forever and, and everything it's doing is wonderful and that justice exists in America, then you say, Oh, well, we should hunt down enemies of state because that's what you would do in a, for a proper society. But, uh, you know, right now, I mean, to me, you know, I see a lot of good people who are going to eventually have to, you know, could be put in a situation, especially if they push too far on this gun control thing, um, of am I comfortable with being a traitor? And so I think <laughs> that's just opening up the door so for I, them to I go mean, after those people when it happens. I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty big stance to be taking. I mean, a, you know, very severe stance. I mean, when you, when you listen to the overt, reasons it's it's very much you know we want to be able to track illegal um, gun sales and that's why we need the registry um but i mean you're you're taking a very um uh a cautious and, and really just dismissing that idea entirely correct yes yeah so, well it's just i mean like it's because it's it's we're not at the stage of maintaining civility you know i don't really think you know it's it's just a question of um you know how far, when, in, when is the government going to reach too far? And our job really as citizens or just men yeah. is to say enough at some point, And that's what guns are for. And <laughs> at the end of the day, that's, that's how I feel about it. So when you talk about more and more registration in any way, to me, that's just the government making sure that we can never say enough. Yeah. And and maybe I can just drive home a little bit more context um, in that it it is absolutely known that 
American citizens on terrorist watch lists are being killed without due process. Um, it is known that, you know, we use drones to do strikes like that um, illegally. It is known that we are spied upon, and it's admitted that we are spied upon, even though it's illegal. Um, and, you know, they try to push legality's limits all the time, and I guess any government does. And so the ideas that a registry could lead to something else is not far-fetched. Not even. <laughs> so I, I just I feel like not a lot of people understand that, or maybe they just ignore it. They willfully forget it. Um, well, if you look at the upsetting. whole, I mean, if you look at the whole, there's one half of the political spectrum who, you know, is is on board, <laughs> you know, with what the government's doing, as long as their their team is in power, and I think it's going to yeah. be for a very long time. You know, yeah. so if you look at the the people who are still no matter how many drones Obama sends out or whatever, will be diehard Obama and the next Democrat and the next Democrat's supporter. They're going to keep wiping all that away in the way that Republicans did the same thing with Bush. But it's, you know, they, I think that group of people is going to be in power for a very long time and they're very anti-gun. And so I don't think there's really an issue of, of um, we get, we're having a rational discussion about the future of our country. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't really think that's actually happening. I think it's just uh, two very different worldviews that are that are colliding. And I think the losing political side is the side is that is concerned that these people are going to overreach beyond what they feel comfortable with yeah. at all. Um, so do you think the consequences of not doing like mental background checks and mandatory background checks on, on private gun sales – do you think that the potential consequences worth instating mandatory rules of that nature? Mm. Meaning yeah, yeah. the idea is to prevent unstable people from getting uh, weapons so that they would go out and, you know, just kill people for no reason. Or well, if psychology was a real science, then, you know, then maybe that <laughs> I would feel that that way. But I mean, I don't really think that, I mean, it's, you know, it's a bunch of, I mean, three quarters of that industry is women. You know, three quarters of that industry is women, um, you know, and the rest are like extremely liberal Democrats. And so like they and as we know that uh, the the left uses the you know, sanity uh, is defined in political terms. Yeah. And so as we see with words like homophobia and any phobia of, you know, you're phobic of anything that they don't, you know, anything that they would like you to have if you disagree with it. Right. So, you know, you're Islamophobic, you're homophobic, you're so I mean, and, and, and they they have the power to make those real those real phobias that, OK, if you have homophobia, do you not get to have a gun? You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, th this, this is what we're talking about. I mean, we're talking about an industry that can produce basically fake issues and then assign them to, to whoever is really an enemy of the state. Well, so, I mean, it's it's not like it, we're talking about like a hard science. I mean, if you could say, hey, this person is about three steps from Looney Tunes, you know, that's I mean, you probably can in a, almost even a common sense way. But to quantify that in according to their the people that you're letting quantify sanity, uh, maybe aren't the people that you'd want to quantify sanity. So, well, yeah, and it does seem like it would be. A hassle. I mean, who who is the one providing this mental health background check, mm -hmm. and um, is there a, a political leaning in their eyes that you know as they're doing it? Um, so 
there are absolutely. I mean, this, I guess, is a larger question about how much faith are you willing to put into the society um, for what you perceive as a safe society, you know, for what you think would be a safe society. How much are you willing to sacrifice um, for that? Um, and I think it's pretty clear where you stand on that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, uh, maybe a little more specifically about the recent mass shootings, do you think the acquisition of body armor um, uh, to the, the general public has anything to do with someone who is going to go kill people? Uh, maybe they're more inclined or less inclined because of uh, protections. Well, I think that anyone's going to go on a shooting spree is, is pretty much figuring on death by cop. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, perhaps. Uh, I think that the, the the armor is just to give them a longer run. You know, I mean, they're they're planning on dying. Yeah. And I don't think that that's almost ever not the case. I don't think anyone thinks they're going to get away with a mass shooter. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and again, it's the same. Body armor is the same thing. I mean, uh, you're just making yourself more or less able to fight tyranny. Would you be so? to do so uh, you know so that i mean at the end of the day you could go down to all the list of of tactical things that uh, regular people don't need any of mm-hmm. really if you're if you're just going to go to the office and, and type all day you don't need half the stuff i was looking at on amazon today yeah yeah half the stuff on my wish list you do not need so you know you know like all these companies that produce this should just go out of business you know that, that's you know it's not for uh, people to to sit in their cul-de-sac. It's it's yes, it, you know. I mean, because really, you're gonna gear up when the guy is breaking in your house. Honey, roll out the gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like you, you jump in your freaking Batman suit. You know, like hold on. You know, you know, no, guy's running out the door in his underwear with a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what's going to happen. So, you know, it's, it's clearly for other things. And, it, but the thing is that we can't really have that discussion as a nation openly because of a little problem called sedition. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, I mean, you know, people don't really want to have that discussion because they're really throwing themselves out legally. I mean, I've, I've pulled back paragraphs where like, okay, that's actionable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like things that I feel, but maybe wouldn't say. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. cause you don't want to put shit like that on record. I mean, people put enough stuff like that on record on Facebook anyway. Yeah. And it's, it's actually tough when, I mean, you can just be labeled a terrorist and then you have no rights anymore. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, that's, I'm very aware of that. We, you know, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a scary proposition. Well, I, I really thank you so much for talking with me about this. We're, we're kind of out of time here, but I really do love your unapologetic look at this issue and uh yeah thank you very much welcome start the world uh, let's see if i can find some comedy on tv it's the jay leno show no not again yeah let me try online uh let's see comedy is an airline food crappy and dogs are <sighs> guys run hollywood if women ran hollywood the romantic comedies would be oh more- no Alexander Graham Bell. What the hell is on his answering no, machine? No, no, There's got to be some good free comedy on the internet. But where? If you're looking for comedy that's not made for the masses, listen to The Devil's Mischief on RadioFreeSatan.com. No predictable hack comedians. 
No shock jocks. But every week, a unique hour of Carnal Comedy Clips and Netherworld novelty numbers. To learn more about the show, visit devilsmischief.com. The Devil's Mischief. Comedy that's not made for the status quo. And now I'm being joined by Adam Cardone. I just spoke with him a, a week or so ago, and that was a, a fantastic interview. If you haven't checked it out already, it's on the website, 9centspodcast.com. Check out that interview. Uh, fantastic magi- uh, magician. <laughs> Shit, musician, too. And yeah. uh, you know what? This was actually your brainchild. So, Adam, yeah, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We were just chatting, and I was like, hey, I listened to your podcast, and I haven't heard a Second Amendment thing. So I was yeah. kind of like, hey. I think it's a good topic. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's fantastic too. So let's start here with a little bit of history on your own. Do you own yep. a gun? I do. Yes, I, um, I, 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 I own in. I live in New York City, which is like the unheard of, and I legally <laughs> own long guns, shotguns, all shotguns. Oh wow! So more than one. Yes. I do, and um, so no pistols, just just. I, I would get it. Well, I would get a pistol, but I'll tell you why I don't have one. Check this out. I um, I grew up in a in a central Pennsylvania town, and my father would take me hunting here and there. Always liked it, but my dad kind of quit hunting, and I kind of just grew out of it, and that was that. Yeah. So maybe seven years ago, I was like, you know what? I want to start hunting again. I love the city, but I need to get out in the woods and do my thing. Well, I need to get a gun and I need to get a hunting license. Well, the hunting license is easy. Getting a gun in New York, um, it kind of shocked me because you need a permit to own long guns in New York. Really? Oh, yeah. And and it's more than that. If you want a handgun, you also need a permit to own. And a lot of the bigger cities now are like that. So basically, I wanted a shotgun. I had to go to uh, an office called Rifle and Shotgun of Queens, New York. And I had to pay, I think at the time it was a $200 upstart fee. Whoa. Wait, it gets better. Fingerprints, another background check, and then a six-month waiting period. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, so hold on. What, what year yeah. are we talking? This is about six years ago. Six or – yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay, so then <laughs> I, get the, I finally get the permit. and I get, Every two years I have to pay $150 to, up, to renew my permit. $150, and I have to give them lists of all the guns I own or buy. So every time I buy a new shotgun, i got to fill the paperwork, brand make, who have sold it to me, and send it to them so they know all the guns I have. The police department keeps tabs. Yeah. So it's um, like a state what, registry. Uh, no, a city registry. Oh, city, city registry. Just the wow. city. Uh, so when that happened, it kind of sh- alarmed me that this is something's not right here. This is a little too much, and... I started looking. I started getting into the Second Amendment stuff. I started really looking at it and studying it, and looking at the NRA's lean on things. And I actually joined the NRA after the process. Oh wow! And I joined only because it wasn't like I agreed with everything they stand for, but I realized that they push really hard to one side, and then it ends up meeting somewhere in the middle or somewhere. You know, they 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 throw it all out there and then get some of the stuff they want. And, like, um, like haggling or something. Yeah, it's like haggling. It's like they lean way to the left, and the other, you know, the anti-gun people lean way to the other side, and then it ends up meeting somewhere in the middle. And I said, you know, this New York City, this is not right. This is too much. I shouldn't have to pay for permit to just own a gun. It's it's totally obscene, and I think it's totally against the Second Amendment. You shouldn't have to pay for that right to own a gun in your house. This is just to keep one in the house. That's right. it. 
If so, you want a handgun, it's five hundred dollars. Whoa. Yeah, that's why I don't have one. I'm not that's paying. as much as a handgun. No, it's actually it's actually three fifty. I think now it's it's like three fifty. I'm sorry. I forget the number, but it's it's too much money. I'm not spending yeah. that every other year. You know, it's just like, oh, it's a deterrent. That's all it is. It's a deterrent to, to legal. It's, yeah, exactly. And that's the bullshit element. It's a legal deterrent. And I, I can't, I mean, if I had the money and the time, I, I think this is a, a civil rights case. I think someone could uh, prove that they don't need that much money to keep a piece of paper with my name on it since I have a permit. It's just obscene. Right. I, okay. So let's let's maybe look at this at a um, a, a state or a, a city level in this case, where you have your local government yeah. legislating, um, I presumably for the, what they perceive as the the betterment of the of the city. Yes. And so, do you think that you would be more, or not more, but do you think you would be less outraged? by the process if there was like a driver's license scale fee you know 35 bucks or whatever it is versus right. 200 or 350 i mean if if okay if they want to keep track of who has guns that's a whole that's a that's another part of the debate like should they really know how many guns i have you know well, but like is that what they're doing though because do you think that it started as well we want to make sure that people who own guns know how to use them no, because then they would. I'd have to take a test. Okay, so that wasn't part of the process None. at all. No test okay. at all. Exactly. So it was literally, you forked over money. They gave you a piece of paper saying you can now buy a gun. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's shit. Exactly. That's 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 unconstitutional. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, and again, the debate goes down to. Anytime I hear Second Amendment debating on television, what do they need a big clip for? What do they? You know that you you don't use a assault rifle for hunting. Well. That's not what the Second Amendment's for. <laughs> the Second Amendment doesn't mention hunting. Um, I always thought, you know, the Second Amendment clearly is there, is people to match the government. It's like, it's the balance of power. That's what that's what I read it as. And I, it doesn't, and I would think that that's, that's a fringe view of it, I think. I, I guess. I mean, I look at it like, it doesn't say anything about protecting your house. It just says the right of the people to keep and bear arms you know, and, and I believe it's implying so that the people, um, two, two situations, A, a militia is needed for military action, or B, uh, in case the government becomes corrupt. And, um, and then, then the, the other side of that, people go, well, what are you going to do? You're going to use your shotgun to fight a tank? And my argument is, yes, I am. If, if need be, if that would ever happen, I mean, look at Iraq. I always use those wars as an example. Why didn't we come in there and clean house? Because there's guns everywhere. They are able to match it. Through using guerrilla warfare tactics, you can you can shut things down. You know, people can do things. So, so do you mind if I, I, I pull it back just a little bit here and ask mm -hmm. you when, you know, you mentioned you had a history with your father hunting. Yes. And then you just didn't own a gun for a while. What was it that brought you back into owning a gun? Um, well, it started off with hunting again. It literally okay. started with, I want to start hunting again. I think it's a great thing. Um, I can bring my kids in the woods. Yeah. We can do this. My son and I can do this together. That's what it started with. And then after I saw the baloney on just getting a shotgun, it, it shocked me. I was like, oh my God, like this is a little too much. Yeah. You know, this is, you know, what if a... You know, what if a girl's abusive boyfriend threatens to kill her and she wants a gun for the house? 
just for that extra little safety precaution. Well, guess what? She's going to have to pay uh, or uh, hire bodyguard service. You know, that is pretty weird because it, it, it does limit accessibility of guns mm -hmm. like carte blanche. You, you know, you cannot argue with um, uh, economics and and pay scales. Yes. So if you cannot afford that, then you are literally. Um, yes. J just cut out of that part of of what yep. we deem as freedom. Exactly. Well, look at um, to carry permits in New York. If you want to carry a gun, there are legal firms that you hire and they, they, they get you the gun. They know how to do all the legal baloney. It costs a lot of money, but you can get it done. Um, they know how to set it up so that you get passed. Now, if you're a celebrity or a politician and you go to a police precinct and say, hey, I want a permit to carry, they can sign the paperwork right there. What? They, they, they reserve the right to say, yeah, you're allowed to have one. De Niro has one. I, I read somewhere that he's one of the guys that has one. So it, it all comes down to the dollar now. And that's a little weird because if I'm really poor and I live in, in, in the ghetto area, I could probably get one faster through the black market, which is, again. Yeah, oh, for sure you could, yeah. Exactly. So it's, it's just it's silly. It's like, you know, I, I don't get it. I'm a, I'm a fan of, like, if my neighbors all have guns, shotguns in their houses, I, I find it a little safer in the neighborhood, you know. God forbid there's another blackout in New York or another natural disaster where there's serious looting going on. You know, yeah. I know a lot of people that want them now after this last disaster. The, um, the, the school? Or no, the, um, no, the hurricane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was looting going on. You know, it's like, it's not good. <laughs> it's definitely. It is rough. Uh, and okay, so let's maybe look at it in the the context of the the national debate that's raging right now. Yeah. So the national debate is about assault weapons and yep. um I guess maybe military styled accoutrements to a you know a, a regular rifle or, or anything like that. Right. Um but it all I mean this newest one started uh initially because of the theater uh, mass murder, and then yes. from the school mass murder. Yeah. So, if the context, in your opinion, is to stop mass murder, right? Do you think that banning assault weapons is going, or, or, and you know, they're defining assault-styled weapons as semi-automatic weapons, right? Is going to solve that problem? Absolutely not. I, I think it's 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 silly to think that. I mean, most most crimes are, are you know are handgun related. Yeah. And then you throw in the assault weapon. Yeah, you can fire off a lot of rounds and it takes you, you know, you don't have to reload as much. But if I'm a lunatic and I'm going to go do some serious damage, I'll train for six to months to a year and have to switch the clips faster, you know. Or I'll come up with a different method. I'll make a bomb or I'll, um, uh, you know, I'll do a chlorine bomb or whatever. There's other ways to do mass damage. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think it's going to, you know, really do anything at all, you know. It'll make us feel good that there's a new law passed. Ooh. Well, unless, we of course, you now. want to own a gun. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you actually touched on something there that, that no one has touched on yet. Um, mm. And that's, if you're going to do it, no matter what, you're going to find a way. And, and that's, to, you know, I, I think the national argument is framed around this idea that if people are unstable, they will reach over, grab their assault rifle, and kill people by the dozens and we could stop that just by removing the assault weapon. But that yeah. that means that they're not thinking it through. And that's not the case in right. every case. Right. They wear body armor. 
They think yeah. this through. They oh bring God. multiple weapons and multiple rifles. They think this through. This isn't oh, yes. a reactionary thing. And so if it's not a reactionary thing, right. then everything we're doing to prevent it, it seems like it's do not doing anything. It's ridiculous. Look at the guy in Norway. I mean, these people are like they're going to war. You know, they're stocking ammo and guns and body armor. And it's like they're going to battle, you know. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, there was a case in Japan I remember reading about maybe six years ago or so where a, a, a lunatic, he got in his car and he drove down a busy street and just ran over a bunch of people, got out and started stabbing people. Now, I don't know how many people died, but a lot of people did die. And it was just like, well, there you go. There's no guns. What are you going to do, ban knives now? I mean, it, it's just, it comes down to there's, there. it's kind of like this. What if, you know, you know the war against terrorism? What if they went on the news and said, we're going to go on a war against serial killers? Uh, okay, great. Where, where, where are they? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, what, what, where, what weapons are they using? Where are they? I don't know. We're going to war against them. Well, good luck, buddy. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh, you ain't going to find them. You know, it's just there are crazy people out there that are going to do whatever it takes. And I think it comes down to mental health and people, you know, focusing on that, you know paying attention to your friends and neighbors and like if someone well, seems like they're edgy and lunatics you know it seems like all of these cases they showed signs yeah they were absolute signs and yeah and it, it just comes i mean that also i think is, is a challenging situation because at what point does they're showing signs because they're going through depression at the moment or they're going signs going through they're showing signs and they're going to go shoot up a, a theater you right. know i mean if, if it's just a momentary depression, you really don't want to dime them out to, you know, I don't know, their parents or their teacher or a, a, the state. Right. Because it could just be a temporary thing. But right. and, and we certainly don't want to turn neighbor versus neighbor in our country because we're already right. damn close to that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. So, so if we want to maintain some form of civility, we can't really look at it like that. And we have to have... Um, people with education and with context doing the evaluation. Right. Um, and so that brings up the idea of, of a, a more thorough background check with mental health checks. Are, yep. Do you support that? I, I do support it. I do. I do support the background check. That's one of the things I always thought made sense. It's like, yeah, we do a background check. Now here's where the lines drawn. What if someone had cases of alcoholism 20 years ago or drug abuse 20 years ago? Yeah. What does that say? Does that mean they don't get a gun? I mean, I know tons of recovered drug addicts that are totally normal, you know? So, but I do think that the background check is, yeah, I, I don't see it. Now, the loophole, the gun show loophole, which the NRA, they don't support, they, they support, you know, the gun show thing. It just seems weird that you can go to a gun show and meet a dealer and then go into a private room, a hotel room, and buy guns without the background check. Yeah. And, and a lot of these guys say, well, what if I want to sell my son, uh, give my son my rifle, my gun? Well, you know what? If I have to do, if I have to pay $5 to legally make a little background check so that he, just to follow the rules, I, I see nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. If I'm, if my son's 18 and I'm going to give him the granddad shotgun, all right, fine. Here's the $5 dollars is the background check. It's done. You know, the, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. I, I actually support that. That's fine. I'll 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 get I'll go with that. Now the one I don't like is the registering of each weapon. 
Yeah, I was going to ask that next. Don't like it. I think it's a little weird. And, and um, when Katrina hit New Orleans, the police showed up. And they had to register guns in that city. They showed up at people's houses and said, we know you have these guns. Please turn them in. People said, uh, what? <laughs> it's a disaster. We need them. They turned the guns in. The NRA sued them and won. They sued the city and won. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's when you – if they know you have guns and shit hits the fan, then – they're knocking on your door, you know? Yeah. So, so how, <clears throat> I mean, there has to be some weird balancing act because <clears throat> one, you want background checks, which means there's going to be a tab on the people. Yeah. Um, but you don't want the registry. So then if you don't have the registry, you can't trace legal versus illegal sales. So are you just, I don't know, pissing in the wind by even doing the background check in the first place? Well, I think if you do a background check, it is preventing the snap decision guy, too. Yeah. Like, you're, you're getting rid of that. Like, if some lunatic's like, I need a gun right now, and he goes and he fails the, te the check, the other thing they need to do is, if you fail the background check, they need to prosecute. Like, if a felon tries to buy a gun and he fails, the cop should be there. Right. Yeah. They don't do that. That doesn't always happen. That's, like, rare. I think they need to follow that law and make it a little stricter. You know, if you do try to buy a gun... And it comes up red. Well, why is it red? They should be on that quick. Yeah, um, as registering guns, I, I don't. I mean, if you're legally allowed to own them, then yeah, I don't know. I mean, I they're mean, not going to know how many guns you have. Yeah, yeah. It just styles, maybe. Yeah. But even yeah. then, I'm, I'm not even sure because it's right now. It's not. I got to do a background check for a pistol. I got to do a background check for a semi-automatic weapon. It's right. just a background check to own. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they wouldn't know anything. Um, right. Well, let me ask you, do you think that there should be a ban on any classification of rifles or pistols? Well, good question, because I, I, I think about that, too. If, if the Second Amendment really is about matching firepower, then where do you draw the line, right? I mean, should, should they legalize full automatics? Should the bazookas? People say, what do you want, a bazooka? Where's the line drawn? Well, I, I actually don't have an answer there. Um, obviously, spring bullets with a machine gun um, it's actually not in your best interest for home protection to have a gun like that. Um, but if the Second Amendment is there to keep tabs on the government, then technically you should say yes. Well, then people should own it. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, uh, this is where I teeter the fence. Like, I'm not sure how I feel because, yeah, people owning full machine guns seems like a bad idea. Uh, it just seems like it's hard to control. I mean, you can't even, you know, if you give it to somebody that's never used one before, it seems like, I mean, I've never shot a full auto, so I don't know, but it seems like it's not easy. And and that is, I guess, the, the next natural step to this discussion is, um, does, does everyone have, I know what our constitution says, and I right. know what is implied through it. But do you think everyone has the right to own and have a say in this uh, in this in this discussion? I think everyone who is responsible and 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 sane does. That's a hard definition to make. Exactly. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> exactly. That's the problem. Like who is the it's like with kids, you know, people joke around people should have to have a license to have children. Yeah. You know, because as you know, parenting's not easy. Yeah, yeah. It's harder than all of the above. Um, but it, it, it's it's a subject I think we need to keep talking about. You know, 
Yeah. Because I think this is where we're going to discover the best way to work this. Um, I think the whole notion of us living in a free society, or as free as we can be, you know, because that term's debatable. Mm-hmm. Second Amendment and First Amendment for me do go together. If you are going to be able to have free speech uh, without restrictions, being able to own a gun, I think, goes along with that. Yeah. Um, I think well, they go hand in hand. I think it is important to note that I mean we do have restrictions on freedom of speech. We do. And yes. so if 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 these inalienable inalienable rights we have have restrictions, where does that end? And and who gets to decide that? Is it is it strictly a federal issue because it's the constitution, or do states get to enact their own state constitutions? Right. I mean, if if we're looking at states' rights issues. The Constitution couldn't be written more perfectly because it's really vague. And, you know, your implication of matching firepower with the government um, can be implied by a person reading it. But it's never stated that way. It's not stated that way. You're right. Yeah. And so it's so vague. And um, I mean, it's even in my opinion, it's even a little weirdly worded, um, the the literal phrasing of it. And so... It does leave a lot of space for an individual state to say, we are going to interpret it this way and add or remove implied restrictions. Right. And maybe that was intentional, but it means that when we're having a national debate about it, um, it it, it completely matters regionally where you live and and, and what your state is, is saying. And we can't... We can't look at something like the federal government or something like a national institution like the NRA mm-hmm. to be carte blanche truth sayers when right. it could really just come down to a state's rights issue. Right. Well, the st- thing about the states is, I mean, look at like, um, you know, like the marijuana laws. and I mean, if it's legal in one state, because we don't have borders, it's it's kind of complicated. Yeah. You know, that's the other problem. It's like you can have a law to, you know, it's like tobacco. I mean, how many people in New York drive to Jersey to buy tobacco? You know, it's, it's, it's yeah, just, you, it's odd. It's like, <laughs> yeah, gay marriage is the same exact thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. You go here, you get married, you come home and you're not technically married, but <laughs> yeah. it's just odd. It's, 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 that's the problem I see with the states thing. Like some of the laws, it's just kind of complicated. It's like, and like on the other side of that exact same coin is you don't want the federal government to have too much authority, too much power. Right. Um, but then, you know, it, I don't know. It, and it is one of those uh, huge issues that affects um, virtually everyone at some time or another, um, the gun violence. And do you think that there's – sort of wrapping this up because, you know, we're, yeah, we're yeah. sort of reaching our time here. Do you think there's any – there are any – common sense measures that could help curtail the tragedies that we experience. And I don't mean the one-off shootings. I don't think there's anything we could ever do to stop right. that. No, but, yeah. you know, the mass murders. Do you think mm-hmm. there's anything that we could do to, to stop that? I think this focusing on mental health issues. I think that's, uh, you know, the, the, the mental health stuff these days is not, it just, you know, from, I've had, I have some friends that are like, you know, legally, you know, insane and, and, mm-hmm. and, I see how they're treated and how they're dealt with, and it, it, it seems very odd because a lot of them are just heavily medicated, and they're medicated on things that even they don't even know what they're on. Like it's an experiment; they put you on all these meds and see what happens. Yeah. 
And then they, oh, that didn't work. Let's try this. It's like a big experiment. I, I think if we focus on mental, I mean, it, all of these have one thing in common, and that is these people are mentally ill. I mean, that seems pretty, you know, obvious to me. Yeah. And um, I think if we focus on that, we're going to get to a better place. Um, as for, like, you know, they arm, they were talking about arming people at schools. In my kid's school in Manhattan, we have a police officer that sits in the lobby, and I show them an ID and I go in. The police officer's unarmed. And I said to the cop, why, why don't you have a gun? And they're like, oh, it's a gun-free zone. I was like, okay, gun-free for you? And what, the bad guy coming in is going to check his gun in? I don't, I don't get it. Like, it, wouldn't, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me at all if we had an armed, if that police officer was armed. That doesn't, that, that, it doesn't make any sense. It's just like, you know, we protect our money at the, at the bank and we, you know, Wall yeah, Street's no, got armed guards everywhere. You know, I got a little kid in school. I, I see nothing wrong with a, a police officer on duty as the security guard with a gun. I, they have armed guards at nightclubs in L.A. Yeah, that's true. I mean, come on. What are they? What's he there for? You know, it just doesn't seem you know that big of a deal. Yeah, I, I don't mind living in a society that's a little bit dangerous if it's if there's more freedoms. Yeah, and that, you know, that does. I mean, that's sort of the, the overarching message i guess that we have to agree on is how many how many freedoms are we willing to sacrifice for safety or the perceived notion of safety exactly that's what it all comes down to and there's a lot of people that'll give everything up for it and me is i'm definitely not one of them (laughs) i'm definitely i'll take the edge you know i don't know if you've been to new york city in a while but the edge is gone here this city is not what it used to be damn it's, uh, it's, it's been, uh, Disney-fied. Disney-fied. <laughs> Disney-fied. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. that's, that's unfortunate. Uh, I'm yeah. afraid we're going to have to move on, but thank you, you got so it. much for joining me and thank you for planting this seed. I think it's going to be a fantastic conversation. Yeah. Thanks for having this podcast. It rules, man. Thanks. I'm now being joined by Darren Deaside. That's right. Uh, gentleman who's been on the show a number of times. I thought, uh, who better than to give me a little bit of East Coast perspective? How are you, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Adam? <laughs> Good. All right. So I actually do have an article that I wanted to touch on. Uh, and it was actually from Reuters or Reuters or however the hell you say it. And uh, Gabby Giffords takes gun control message to scene of Tucson shooting. And this was actually where she was shot in the head by her, um, well, assailant, I guess, who actually, uh, it was Loughner, like Jared Loughner or something like that. Um, and he got 140 years in prison without possibility of parole, uh, just living off the state, I suppose. But the point of this article was, it was Gabby and some of the other victims' survivors coming to the place of the assault to appeal to Arizona, um, legislators and representatives uh, to back this uh, sort of re-upping of the uh, real gun legislation that's running around the hill. Um, And really kind of of note that I wanted to touch on here was this kind of absurd... Here's something that drives me crazy about rallies like this. They always have these stupid calls. And so her call was, uh, be bold, be courageous, be for background checks. And I can just, in my head, imagine these really angry mothers, like, chanting and throwing fists <laughs> to, the, to that sort of, that call, which drives me nuts. But, so, you know, 
in a situation like this, where it's obvious that these women are trying to capitalize on the sorrow that they experienced and that the nation experienced when that happened to push their agenda, do you think that this is a fair tactic in an open society? Well, that's, uh, that's, it depends on what you think it should America should be in, in its relationship to guns, if you ask me that question. Yeah. Because there's, there's the entire debate surrounding gun control and gun, I, I call it gun hysteria. Because honestly, if you look at what's going on, if you if you look statistically at gun violence, if you look at crime, there really hasn't been much of a change. If anything, there's been somewhat of a downturn mm -hmm. of crime and violence uh, as it relates to guns in the country. So you, it beckons the question, why is there so, so much hullabaloo around this stuff right now? And I think that, uh, that you, you have both sides of the coin churning up a great deal of hysteria around this all really not really centered around anything having to do with principles or facts so it's i think is it is it fair uh well it's abject pandering both sides are doing it is that fair i don't know it seems as though this populace is ready to relinquish a lot of its rights for a little bit of a, a state intervention in a lot of different issues Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a very different America than it was in 1776. And, I mean, do you think it was? It is because, I mean, I you know, looking back, we paint a picture of what history was through our eyes in the future. Uh, you know, taking a look back, uh, I mean, let, let's, let's take a brief walk down, you know, revolutionary America, where there, there was a huge fight against this national identity, but everyone ultimately came together because they absolutely had to, or else they would, you know, continue being uh, beholden to the crown. Um, but they gave up rights in order to, uh, you know, join together. I mean, civil war, they gave up rights, especially the southern states, I should say, gave up their rights that they had in order to, you know, stay with the union. And, and I say gave up, they sort of lost their rights in battle and by blood but you know do you think that the society that we have built is worth that or that it sort of demands sacrifice through perceived rights well if you took say the the viewpoint of thomas jefferson then that's absolutely worth it because you know he's he, after shay's rebellion he wrote a letter in which he said uh, the tree of, I, I don't know if I'm getting this verbatim, but the tree of liberty is uh, off, is uh, fed by blood of tyrants and patriots right, right. Um, from time to time, and it's he called it natural manure. <laughs> and do you so. think that, um, do you think, uh, I guess perspectives like that are relevant still? Yeah, oh, well... If you want to cite the Constitution and you want to have a society based around the Constitution, absolutely. And the Constitution, I think, is, you know, that, to me, it's a very interesting document. It, I, I call it, a, you know, most people treat it as a holy document, but I think it's a very unholy document in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. It's part of the reason I like it so much. <laughs> but but the, I call it unholy because, uh, well, A, it embodies a lot of pluralistic and libertarian ideas, but also... It's changed a lot over time, and it's 
designed in such a way where it's a living document and can change. It's it's subject to change. Yeah. So we have to ask ourselves whether or not this Second Amendment is worth keeping. Um, and I, that's that's something that ultimately will be determined by this process, this natural manure process <laughs> that, that we're undergoing right now. Me personally, I think, yes, it is worth keeping. I think that there was a very solid context and understanding that they came from when they fought to keep that amendment. And, you know, they're... You know, one thing, if, if you hear people talking about, well, the Founding Fathers put the Second Amendment in because they intended this or that, your bullshit meter should go off immediately because they did not have a consensus about what the function of the Second Amendment would be. The only thing that they agreed upon was that it was necessary to maintain a free state, whether that the threats were coming from external or internal sources. They mm. wanted a system of checks and balances and they knew that the ultimate check and balance was force of arms. And they did not want a citizenry that was subjected to the barrel of a gun that they that never had that they never had access to. Yeah. And I for I for one will stand by that. I think that that is you know the, the thing is there's this society the libertarian principle that's that sort of embodies it says. Uh, you have to take a certain amount of risk if you want to live free to some degree. Most Americans have changed. That's sort of, you know, Shays Rebellion we just talked about. That's not going to happen in, with the current population, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that, uh, I think that um, people are much more willing now to relinquish that risk in exchange for a state that is more involved in their lives, a nanny state of sorts. Uh, Where do you think that comes from? I think that that's just, uh, there's changes in our society and in our institutional structure. A lot of it has to do with the media. And, you know, we're, we're touching on it with this Gabby Yearford's thing. Mm -hmm. But the media, you know, again, the, the statistics and the facts don't really reflect that there's a reason to have alarm about guns, but some things have been happening in our society that the media loves to shove in front of people mm -hmm. because people love it. Because people are sick creatures that like to... If, if people could watch children bleeding from gun violence from the comfort of their couch with a bucket of popcorn in front of them, they will gladly do it and just sit there and have a jolly good time. And they know that, the media knows that, and they play off of that because it's sensational and it's lurid and interesting. I mean, we're Satanists, we're always subjected to that sort of stuff, the Satanists. <laughs> well, let me ask you, do you own a gun? <laughs> you know, I'm not a sportsman, I'm not a hunter. Uh, if I had a gun, it would be for self-defense. Mm -hmm. And if you want to defend yourself effectively, you don't really show your hand, Mr. Right. Campbell. I got you. <laughs> but I will say this. If anybody attempts to enter my territory with malicious intent, they will have to deal with me and Charlene at Hipside, and it won't be pretty for them. <laughs> nice. What do you think it is that attracts uh, modern men? And and I, I'm, I'm using the, the, the phrase here, modern man, as in, you know, your average suburbia household that doesn't go hunting and is, you know, th there's a lot of um, 
really amazing books that have been out talking about this dramatic decrease in violence um, contrary to our current beliefs and if we are becoming a safer and safer society then why do you think people feel this this need to own a own a gun for protection or for hunting or whatever well I think you're gonna get a lot of different answers from different people for that uh, the, the American principle though in the second I think that that was embodied in revolutionary America that was sort of embodied in the Second Amendment was if you want to be free you have a responsibility to protect yourself and others uh, and you know the society that you care about so uh, I think that that's what's motivating people I think the motivations have changed though because we're not in revolutionary America so mm -hmm. now what are the motivations that's a really good question. I think you're going to get a lot of different answers from a lot of different people. I think if you ask that question to some a white guy, middle class white guy in Iowa, you're going to get one answer. And if you ask that question of an 18 year old black kid in Cabrini Green, you're going to get another answer. Mm -hmm. it's, it's complex. Um, are you a member of the NRA? No, I'm not. Do you do you think that they're doing a good job of spreading um, I guess what their perceived message is um, sometimes and sometimes not <laughs> uh, you know they, I think they learned their lesson after Columbine that once Newtown happened they should probably just shut up for a second and let everyone grieve without any uh, politicizing of what's going on so maybe they got a little wiser in that respect. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I mean, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that you think that um, everyone is protected under the Constitution, so that they can own uh, guns or, or rifles or you know just weapons in general, arms. Um, do you think that that allows, or uh, the, do you think that the Constitution allows them to own any type and as many of weapons as they want? Um, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. What, what do you think would, would be some maybe common sense um, restrictions if there are restrictions? Well, you know, going back to the Second Amendment, the, the words well-regulated are used in that amendment. And that's, I think that's significant. It shouldn't just be overlooked. Uh, that's, it's, if, if it wasn't significant, it wouldn't have been written in. Um, you know, there's a lot of debate about what well-regulated means, what the militia means, and whatnot. But gun control doesn't really is not is not specifically an affront to the right to own a gun. I don't I don't see it that way, and I think that you know, especially people like us, really understand that there are responsibilities involved in owning so what is essentially a lethal device. Mm -hmm. Not everyone is equal, and not everyone is healthy and sane and rational and responsible. So it's 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 worth it uh, to some degree to have some sort of system of accountability. I think that the, the really the most reasonable approach is somewhere in the center of the two sides that are yelling at each other right now. It is it is strange when you know the the Constitution was penned by men who absolutely disagreed about virtually everything but they came together and they made these words and this document to govern everyone no one got exactly what they wanted but everyone met in the middle in order to do what had to be done so that they could 
form that one more perfect union. That idea, though the Constitution is often referenced and um, our Founding Fathers are quoted virtually everywhere you go, the idea of coming together and only getting partially what you want, the idea of compromise, is lost on our current government. Do you think that if, if the NRA, if anti-gun, um, well, I'll say individuals, were able to compromise, if, if they were in an, an atmosphere that was capable of allowing them to compromise, do you think that this wouldn't even be an issue at all? Mm, I'm not so sure about that. It's hard to say. You know, a lot of this is, is again, this is all a lot of hysteria that's not really founded upon any sort of fact or, or any reasonable assessment of things. I, I honestly think that a lot of it is a big media concoction, um, and I don't necessarily blame the NRA for reacting, um, nor, you know, again, nor do I blame... Uh, Obama's position, uh, there are certainly major loopholes in our system in which people can get guns without any sort of background checking. Yeah, and actually there was, I, I read a statistic today that said up to 40% of all gun sales are unregulated mm -hmm. completely. Mm -hmm. um, so, but at the same time, at the same time, if we did create some sort of system of regulation, it wouldn't matter. Because it's just, it's just, trying to take guns away from people is like trying to take booze or marijuana away from people. It's just not going to work. <laughs> Anyone who's familiar with guns knows that they're easy to assemble. Mm -hmm. uh, now that we have things like 3D printers, it's getting even easier. Oh, yeah. these, you simply can't stop it. It's, it doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't make the effort. And, but... and I do want to kind of fall back on something that you said earlier, is that um, uh, gun legislation is not trying to take away, and I'm sort of paraphrasing what you, what you said earlier, um, it's not trying to take away the right to own guns. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, this is one of those issues where it seems all or nothing in a lot of um, gun right defenders eyes and gun right uh, 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 fuck uh, legislators um, eyes is that they think well if I can regulate a little bit then I can regulate it all or if they're gonna regulate a little bit then they're gonna take away my guns it and it's never an all-or-nothing thing yeah indeed and that's the thing is like you have on one side these hy hysterics who are watching the media and are completely pumped up full of fear because of things like Newtown and Columbine who no have no idea what it's like to be a responsible gun owner and then on the flip side you have all these people who are responsible gun owners who think that the smallest legislation of is any sort of system of accountability is, is a step towards tyranny. Mm-hmm. On both sides, they're being hysterics, and they're not really acting rationally. They're just—I mean—they literally are being herdlings. They're being people who are motivated by fear, and that really is not the way people ought to approach politics. I, you know, I—it's something that pisses me off to no end because I'm glad you got me on this show. I'm glad that you approached me about this. I'm very honored that you invited me because I—I. I went to school for political science, and a lot of people ask me questions about politics and have weird suspicions about my point of view. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, 
politics really should be the domain of people who are logical and calm and sane and rational because when you're talking about legislation and government you're talking about affecting the lives of thousands of people and that should not be taken lightly you really do have to look at it from every angle and it's complex and it should be looked at as a complex issue and I agree with you if, if this was the argument that you're making that that the two sides really need to stop with the hysterics if, if there's going to be some sort of middle ground I'm sure it'll come to some middle ground because our system does have a lot of checks and balances and ways for things to balance out. So I'm not too worried about that. But yeah, for people who are who are looking at politics from a from a, a more sophisticated point of view, I think I think ignoring the hysterics is would would benefit them. So do you think that this is more of a political? Um, issue than it is a media hype issue? Or do you think one's fed the other? I think that they're entirely intertwined. Yeah. Because if you look at the, the media and the way it operates, it's always intertwined with politics. It's always, the, for, well, for one thing, the, a lot of the corporations that own the media are also staffing the government. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, and I'm not suggesting a conspiracy of any sort. It's just it's just institutions operating in in their self interest, which is what politics is. Yeah. Nothing well, let me... particularly complicated going on there. Just self interested people with power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in, and influence, and that's really I think what boils everything in our government, <laughs> what it all comes to. Sure, and if you give the state, any state, our, our state is not particularly unique in this respect. If you give the state a yard, it'll take a yard. If you give it a mile, it'll take a mile. Any, any sort of leeway you give them to have more power over your life as an individual, they'll take it. Yeah, and actually, sort of speaking uh, out of context here about the gun debate here for just for a second, that's exactly what I was saying about the sequesters, that... No matter what your budget is, whether it's a lot or a little, you will live within your means if you're everyone's capable of doing that. So the government, if they drop eighty two billion from their uh, budget, they're still going to be able to operate with whatever you give them. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like you know things are just going to come to a screeching halt and everyone's just going to have to stand still until they you know come to sides. Um, okay, so a, a bit of a uh, overview of proposed uh, restrictions or legislation and. I'd like your opinion if you'd be so kind. What do you think of the National Registry? And I know we've touched on some of these already, but I just sort of, you know, straight up issue per issue, if you could. Uh, the National Registry, if, as far as I understand, is just is going to be a, a national registering database for people who own guns and buy them legally, correct? Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, look, <laughs> again, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. Prohibition laws usually don't work, and especially in, in, in situations where people can just freely access these things, which they can in the United States. I think, I think that I personally would like to see a little bit less intrusion of the state on, um, on the issue. Uh, it, it, I don't think anything is much more required than a background check, but... As far as registering guns, well, registering guns that that'll probably create some level of accountability more so than now. It's not necessarily the devil's in the details, mm-hmm. Mr. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. It depends on what that means because then 
if there's a big national database of information that is intruding on your privacy, who has access to that database, correct? Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, let's be fair. I mean, right now, every bit of our information is already out there, accessible and viewed. We have uh, now legalized spying on citizens without provocation. Um, we have the targeting of U.S. citizens uh, via drone attacks at, at any time overseas without due process. So to, to walk into any conversation with the presumption that we have a semblance of security at the moment is ignoring reality, I think. I, I agree with you 100%. I just have this inbuilt, it's an American thing, I guess, you know, the thing that the framers have, this inbuilt suspicion of power. Yeah, no, I'm, with, I'm actually 100% with you on that issue. Um, so, so, you know, I, I, I love the idea of keeping guns as accountable as possible. I just wonder how it will be done and how that information will be used. Yeah. Um, and right now it's not, and so that's why it's something that's being brought up and, and spoken about. And there's not been any details. It's all just sort of, you know, just tossing it around between the two parties. Right. So uh, what about the mandatory background checks and or mental health background checks? That seems like common sense to me. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. I mean, you're giving a lethal weapon to people. You absolutely need to make sure that they're not criminals or insane. By Hughes Yardstick. Well, I think I think the yardstick can be broad. I don't think it needs to be one necessarily that that has to be evaluating. So, if you open like the DSM for whatever it is of mental health uh, diseases, and do you just mark ones that? And this is just your opinion. Do you mark ones that this type of person should never have it, or should it be a case by case? That's it's a really difficult question. I, I you know I, I I think that I think that the idea is in the right place. Mm -hmm. As far as the details of how it should work out, I think that's open to debate. But the idea that there should be some sort of background check to see what their criminal history is or what uh, mental health issues may be involved, I think is is a good idea. Yeah. Especially given, you know, we just brought up, uh, what's his name, Lofner. Yeah, dude. <laughs> He's a paranoid schizophrenic diagnosed. Um, that's the person that he, you certainly would want to keep a weapon away from. But he had one. Yeah. And that's a problem. But, you know, again, does, how do you make this, without becoming a totalitarian system, how do you make it? A situation in which people do have access to arms and at the same time is a hundred percent locked tight I don't think it's possible it's in a sense a price one must pay to be in a free society I think that's a, a, a very profound statement and I, I want people to think about that for a second in that <clears throat> If we want to have the freedoms, and this harkens back to something you said at the very beginning of this conversation, if you want to have freedoms, then there are going to be um, consequences that are associated with that. So, you know, we, we've been talking this whole time about how factually our society has gotten less and less violent. Um, so I'm surprised there's not more gun violence than there is with the prevalence of guns. So if the guns aren't the issue, 
And obviously they're not. If if we have so many and we have so few violent crimes, then is a mass murder here and there acceptable? <laughs> and I think, you know, that's it's it's a it's a tough question, but I think it's a realistic question that we have to sort of look at. Because we'll never get 100% peace and happiness because that's against human nature, you know? And if we sit here and when these mass murders happen and we sit here and try to just make the gun the scapegoat, we're going to ignore a myriad of issues that led up to that. Anybody can hang themselves in their garage or, you know, put their car into neutral in the garage and go for a drag race or, you know, sprinkle aspirin all over their rice pilaf for dinner and kill themselves. Anyone can do that. <laughs> it takes a special type of person to go beyond that and do something that is so horrific as what happened in Newtown before they off themselves. And we have to ask, we, we're going to have to ask ourselves some difficult questions as a country as to why this is happening. And I think that those questions get avoided when people all of a sudden say, ah, guns, guns, guns are the problem. Yeah. So um, really quick to jump back on, on one last thing here. Um, assault weapons or semi-automatic weapons, however you want to uh, define them. Do you think uh, those should be available um, as they are right now? Uh, you know, it's, it's, again, you can take a, a non-automatic weapon and make it automatic. Uh, obviously, the semi-automatic weapons ban didn't do anything to stop Columbine because they used automatic weapons during it and obtained them illegally. Uh, I, I just don't think that it's going to do anything. Whether or not there should be a law to stop assault weapons, well, mm, you know, not not to sound like an asshole, because I'm not trying to be an asshole, I just don't care, because again, it's going to be, those things are going to wind up in the hands of people who are so motivated to get them anyway. Mm. Um, should, should the public have them? I don't have a good answer to that. Again, the Second Amendment was designed to also enable people to be armed against external threats as much as internal threats. Yeah. So, not, I don't think that we're under the threat of invasion. So obviously an assault weapon doesn't have much role right now. If anything, I think it just needs a great deal of accountability with those things, which is going to be hard to enforce, again, because there's only so much the law can stop. Absolutely. Well, I, I truly appreciate your uh, candor with this interview, and I appreciate your opinions. And I know the uh, audience loves it as well, so thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Adam. It's always an honor and a privilege. All right, and as we close down this conversation, I want to say thank you to the audience for sitting through it. I know this was twice the regular length of uh, a nine cents here, but I think you're going to find, as I did, that these four gentlemen had some slightly different, some vastly different opinions than each other and myself, but it's important that you get a well-rounded view of this discussion. And some of my opinions and perceptions were altered by these conversations. And I hope, well, I think for the better personally, but I hope that you take something away from this discussion as well. So I would like to give out a very special thanks to Reverend Kevin I. Slaughter of UnderworldAmusements.com, author Jack Donovan 
of The Way of Men, which is available now. Visit jack-donovan.com. And Adam Cardone for suggesting this topic. Visit cardonethemagician.com. And last but not least, Darren Deicide of darrendeicide.com, where you can hear his new single, Bomb This Joint. And that, my friends, is it for yet another show. I truly hope you enjoyed it. I would love to hear from you. Visit the website 9centspodcast.com and send your correspondence to info at 9centspodcast.com. Let me know of any suggestions, critiques, corrections, or general comments you might have. You can visit the Satanet, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, or MySpace page for 9 cents and get updated on weekly topics. Listen to the show at RadioFreeSatan.com or download the show Monday nights via my RSS feed found at 9centspodcast.com. We're also on Last.fm, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube, so look for us there. You can subscribe to 9 Cents via iTunes by searching 9 Cents, and don't forget to leave a rating and a comment. If you'd like to learn more about the Church of Satan, visit ChurchofSatan.com, and if you'd like to hear other fine satanic voices, music, or personalities, visit Radio Free Satan, the source for online satanic media. <laughs> and once again thank you for joining me and as always I'm your host Adam Campbell and until next week hail Satan